Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hi there. Well, welcome. It's Tuesday, and it's what I call Fantastic Tuesday, and welcome to the Transformation for Success radio talk show. I'm going to give a big shout out to some of my international listeners who are so faithful. China, Russia, Turkey, Canada, Sweden, France, Germany, Morocco, Kenya, and my local and national listeners. I want to thank you for tuning in to Transformation for Success show each week. So listen, uh, if you enjoy the show, I want you to give me a holler. Via my email, via my email, info at transformationforsuccess.com. Or you can Skype me at Dr. Barbara Young with your comments, suggestions, or feedback. I'd love to hear from you. So today we have a guest in the studio that I met some time ago and heard his story in person. I wanted to have him on the show today to share his incredible transformational journey. So I want you to stay tuned, call your friends, or listen in, because you can download the show later via iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Roku. We got it all. And my guest today is none other than Mr. Tucker Bearden. Now, let me share just a little bit about Tucker. He's a certified Ziegler Legacy keynote speaker, author, Asperger's advocate, and anxiety expert. So he's here today to share his heart-wrenching and remarkable journey of transformation. And I know that many of your listeners will benefit from hearing his story. So, hello, Tucker. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Hi, Miss Barbara. Thank you so much for bringing me on. It is truly a pleasure to be on the show. Well, I am so happy. How are you doing? You doing okay? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day in the ARK. It little ain't 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 too much sunshine, ain't too much rain. We just in between. <laughs> I like it. That's great. Well, most of you listeners by now know that Tucker's from Arkansas and uh I know uh Tucker at eight years old, you were diagnosed with a neurological abnormality that can hinder one's natural ability to understand social cues and emotional responses. And this is called Asperger's. And I know a lot of people may not know much about Asperger's, but we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but, and how he was able to transform his journey. So listeners, if you've got any questions you want to ask Tucker, I'm, I'm welcoming you to call in live at 1-888-346-9141. And we will answer your calls, and we'll take time to answer them. So, Tucker, I want you to share um, what happened um, that you're here today, because as a young man, you've spoken on so many stages, and you're improving the lives of so many people with your story. I was so impressed and just moved to tears, as you very well know, and had a chance to meet you personally afterwards. So, I know you grew up in Arkansas, uh, in the six, so to speak. So what happened uh, when you were growing up? What happened to you on your journey? Well, you know, uh, being being from the country, you know, uh, uh, my family, we oftentimes, we, we we stayed out in the woods for the most part. We didn't have no, we didn't really have no business in the town. And so, uh, so I got used to being out in the country by myself 
not uh, not 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 being around other children. So I naturally, growing up, I, I struggled with learning how to socialize simply for the fact that there there weren't any children around. And uh-huh. it wasn't until I was eight years old that my aunt and uncle ended up taking me to a psychiatrist or multiple psychiatrists uh, uh-huh. trying to figure out why it was I didn't do well with other kids. And uh, they come find out I had Asperger's. And in, in short, what Asperger's really is, is it, it just hinders your ability to understand people. It's, it's oh. really all that it, it, all that it is. It's, uh-huh. it, it, it has a lot of gifts because I, I believe it's a superpower. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh-huh. But it, but on the downside, uh, when I would go into public, I go into Walmart or the mall or something like that. I, I'd have panic attacks because I would. My anxiety was so intense around un- other people that uh-huh. I my body began to shut down. And I oftentimes was put in the hospital over this. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I don't even know oh, how many wow. times I've, I've laid in the hospital bed with that. Yeah. So it was. It, it was it was it was a combination uh, of that, and then I, I when I finally got to uh, a, a school, like I went to I went to a town, and I'm around other kids. I, they, mm-hmm. I, the only way I can describe it is I was never a child uh, when I was when I was younger. Uh, my I, I had a broadened view on the world. The other mm-hmm. kids would play, and I would sit there and look up at the sky and 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 just think about certain things and, and let my mind wonder and apparently that's not that's not the popular thing to do and so until this day until this day I, I don't have a, a broadened understanding of children because i never truly got to be one. Oh my goodness but but, but from the but that's that's how it was that whenever i was little uh if mm-hmm. you'd like i'd try i can transition into how i got where i am here now unless you'd like to leave that for later on no, well, one of the things that I want to share with the listeners that you had said to me uh, was when you, making friends for you was trying to understand people, uh, you know, in a foreign country. Like you drop, you're dropped into a foreign country and you don't yeah. speak the language. You don't have a translator telling you what the language is. It can, and I'm saying that so people can understand what that must have been like for you as a child. But now tell me some of the other things that happened to you, because I know there were some dark things that happened to you. And I'm I'm telling you, uh, Tucker, it's amazing that you came out of it. So what happened Uh, when you when you had somebody try to set you on fire and all these kinds of things that happened? Oh, (laughs) well, there were there were there were many shadows in my darkness, but Mm -hmm. but that was one of my darkest times. And that was that was actually something that I, I suffer from PTSD to this day because of that incident, what had happened was I was, uh, I I got invited to a a party, which Uh was unheard of for me. Because uh-huh. like when I was a kid, no nobody invited me to parties. I mean, I was the black sheep, the outcast. So I got uh-huh. excited and uh, I I got my best clothes on and I went. I, I got in the vehicle with old boy and we went. We went to a party. Well, in Arkansas, when you go to a party, it ain't nothing out of the ordinary for you to be eighty miles from a town. I mean, that ain't. That's uh-huh. not. It's just normal. You're in the middle of nowhere. It's Arkansas. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. We go out there. And I, I pull, we pull up, and as I, as I got out of the vehicle, you could feel the bass 
in your chest of music. You could hear all the people hooping and hollering, and, and I was, I mean, I was in awe of what what I was experiencing because it was the first time for me. So uh, I, I got in, I went into the house, and I was struggling because there were so many people in there. But I was trying to embrace what I felt to be a shift in my social social life. So uh, one of the boys that brought me, he walks up and gives me a drink, and I, I'm not a big drinker. I don't. Uh, my father is a dangerous alcoholic. I try to stay away from liquor. But he gave me he gave me something to drink, and I, I took it and tried to calm my nerves with it. And uh, a little while later, him and uh, four or five other boys, they came and got me, and they said, uh, they said, hey, man, you want to go see my new deer stand? Well, being an avid hunter, uh, I, 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 I was like, man, yeah, I, I love to go see it. So I go out there and we we walking in the woods for a good twenty thirty minutes. Oh Ain't no goodness. telling how far we got down. Yeah, and uh, all of a sudden I felt a pop on the back of my head, and and everything everything started flashing in and out. And as I was teetering on the brink of consciousness and 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 just coming in and out of reality, I, I realized that they were they 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 grabbed me by my legs and my arms and they started pouring gasoline all over me from head to toe they tried to make me swallow it but they wasn't i wasn't i wasn't able to get it in my mouth then uh all of a sudden they pour started pulling them jumbo sized roman candles out of their hoodies and jackets and uh they, they basically let me know that my 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 life was at the uh, at the fate of a, a fuse's duration. So uh, they told me to run. I, I gave me about three seconds, and I got up and I ran, and I ran, and I ran, and <laughs> I, I I remember I ran so much that uh, I mean it was it it felt like I ran for almost twenty four hours through them woods i was hiding at every chance i got at one point the only thing that saved me was a mossy overhang that that they they walked through a creek and i was hiding under the moss i had covered myself in a little bit of mud to camouflage myself and and they walked through that and i remember a few times i stopped and i was throwing up from exhaustion because I was, uh, and I was just hoping and praying that they didn't, they didn't hear me, mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't hear me how out of breath I was. So uh, they chased me for at least at least eight hours straight. What? I mean, it was. I mean, we. It was because when we got when we had gotten to the party, it was daytime, and by the time I had gotten away from them, it was daytime again. Wow. So uh, I don't know how I don't know how long. They were chasing me, but they were. It was, it was a long time throughout the night. Um, cause, so I ended up. I, by the time I realized they weren't chasing me no more, because they they could have stopped chasing me a few hours before, but I I mm-hmm. wasn't gonna stop and make sure. I I was running. <laughs> yeah. I was getting out of there. And uh, and anyway, I so I come to I come to a road, and I I I started following that road because I knew it was gonna lead me somewhere. I had I had ran so far into the thicket I didn't know where I was and I, I wasn't mm-hmm. in my territory so I didn't I didn't know the turf and the, the an old man in a pickup picked me up and he 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 asked me he said boy what happened to you and I I was so in shock 
and freezing because it was it was cold. It was I mean it was it was a little above freezing, and I was oh soaking goodness. wet, covered in in gasoline, in mud, and in, in water from running through creeks. And he asked me what happened, and I was so in shock I couldn't answer him. All I could do was look at the the rusted holes in the floorboard, and and just wonder <laughs> like, man, why why would I trust people? You know, like what's the People are evil. What's the point in in living uh, or even being here if this is what life's about? And I actually, I went home, I went home, and I I couldn't sleep because, and I still this that was that was years ago, and I mm-hmm. still wake up in the middle of the night almost every night uh, with these dreams of of flashes and laughter and and just running through the running and running and. I couldn't sleep, so I got up and I went in my uncle's room. I got a 12 gauge shot, I mean, 410 shotgun, and I loaded it up and I, I went into our sunroom and I, I put the gun in my mouth and I, I pulled the trigger with my toe. But uh, I heard a click and the round didn't go off. So I pulled the round out and I stopped and I thought about it for a second. And then I, I went to the only place that I could be at peace, and that was Cane Creek. That's a place down home where uh-huh. everybody knows the eagles live. And I was sitting down there skipping rocks across the water watching the eagles. And I, I saw one of them eagles jump from its nest. And I, while looking at this massive structure that this, this eagle had built, it hit me in a single moment. And I realized the most beautiful things in this world are made up of tiny broken pieces brought uh-huh. together to do something great. And that's when my life changed forever, and that's how suicide changed my perspective. That is absolutely a wonderful story. You got me almost in tears, Tucker, because, you know, when I heard you share this, it just, it moved me to tears. But there was another thing that you had to endure was an addiction and homelessness. So you endured yes, that. Share, you know, what happened when, when you were uh, in a homeless situation and how you turned that around. Well, the addiction and the homelessness went hand in hand. It was mm-hmm. my fault. It was it was a combination of my differences, com- uh, my differences and my choices that got me mm-hmm. where I am. Because you know, I don't I don't blame nobody for where I've been or what I've done. But what what it was, it wasn't. I wasn't addicted to nothing like crack or meth or nothing like that. It was that a synthetic marijuana as a mm-hmm. sin, also known as K two. I was, I was, I, I, I made, I, I used to be one of the people that made that stuff and I sold it because it was, I mean, I, I could spend $20 and turn it into 150 and I was figured, hell, heck, why not? You know, <laughs> I didn't know I was, I didn't know any, I didn't know I was doing any harm mm-hmm. at the time I was a youngin, but, uh, anyway, I was selling it and I was selling it and, and smoking it and, and, uh, the whole nine yards and. I ended up, I ended up having a falling out with my family because uh, I, I was moving the product out of a uh, a motel at one point, and then the motel ended up going up for reconstruction or something of that nature, and I, I went to my house, uh, and you know you ain't supposed to go to the bathroom where you where you eat and sleep, you know. <laughs> Uh, and I did. So I was moving product out of my house for about two weeks, and then these boys came into the house with uh, with weapons, and they they robbed us. They robbed my family at gunpoint, 
and uh, and all my friends that were there. And uh, it was a setup, so I didn't have a weapon to defend myself. It had been discarded. Um, and anyway, I ended up getting kicked out of my house, fair and square. I deserved it. Uh, so I was living under a bridge at one point. And I remember I used to wake up every day and wash my face in the creek. And, and I, I, I knew, I knew that in the deep down, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten into inspiration at that time. So I had never read any inspirational books, but I knew deep down that if I could make myself feel better, that it, the, the situation would not be so bad. So I used to wake up every day. I'd wash my face in the creek. I'd be like, man. Why live in a million dollar house if you can live under a hundred or why live in a hundred thousand dollar house when you can live under a million dollar bridge? <laughs> I was like, uh, man, I, I was like, who who all can say they got a live creek running through their living room? Man, I really got it made. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Tucker? We're, with that, you kind of made me laugh. A live creek, you know, running underneath your million dollar home. Okay, under a oh, bridge. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about what happened to you. After being under that bridge. So, listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be right back with Tucker Bearden. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back today with my guest in the studio, Mr. Tucker Bearden, who's a certified Ziegler legacy keynote speaker. He's an author and an Asperger's advocate and anxiety expert, and he's sharing his incredible, remarkable journey. And if you haven't tuned in, call your friends and tell them they need to tune in to hear the rest of his story. So, Tucker, here you are 
under a bridge, a million-dollar bridge, and you've got a creek running through your bridge, and you wash your face every morning, and you drink from the creek. Do you drink from the creek, or you just wash your face? <laughs> uh, well, hey, well, I mean, you wash your face from the creek. If you want to get a drink from the creek, you can, but you gotta you got to go upstream a good few hundred yards and make sure ain't no dead critters or anything contaminating it but i actually i actually had a filtration system uh set up throughout the creek for about 30 yards prior to getting to the bridge so that the water would go through sand and other rocks and stuff like that to get them (laughs) so so what happened to you when you were out there uh homeless and wandering around what happened to change uh, that changed for you well, it, this is actually a story most people uh, have never heard because I've never told it on stage. This is, I think, mm-hmm. this is only the second or third time I've ever told it on re- recording. Uh, and that was, I, you know, I got there was a, a trail I used to walk each day from that mm-hmm. from that bridge, and it, it it just it went through the woods. It was by the creek. It was peaceful, you know. It gave me something to do in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And I, one one morning I woke up. And everything had frozen over. I was it was just ice all over the place, and I mm-hmm. I, I was uh, uh, I mean I, I kind of was in shock because when I woke up there was a little ice on my skin and everything, so I'm like freaking out. So I got up and I went to walk, get to walking, so I could get my temperature up. And I several hundred yards into the woods, and I still don't know who this lady was, but there was a lady laying down on the side of the trail near an old pine tree and she was curled up in fetal position and I, I walked up on her and I figured she might be cold or might be hungry. I had a little bit of vittles down at the at the at my, my little spots. So I was like, mm-hmm. Hey man, I'm trying to wake her up. I'm like, hey, hey, uh, you hungry? You 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 tired? what's going on? You all right? And uh she had frozen to death that night. Oh, and uh it, it really it really it made me it made me think, man. I was like, I was like, wow. You know, I really, uh, I, I, I really ought to look at things in a brighter light because I, I should be thankful for what I have. I may not have had much, but it, but that night I had a warm place to sleep. Mm-hmm. I, I had a fire pit. I know how to survive in the wild. That was a, and that's something she didn't have any of that. She mm-hmm. had nothing but clothes on her back, and she obviously didn't know how to build a fire or nothing. And and it really got me thinking. Just to just to, I, I was like, wow, man, I be grateful for the little things. And it reminded me it reminded me of a book I had read. The very the only book at that time I had read cover to cover, and that was the Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. And wow. in that book, in that book, the, uh, there's a feller named Socrates, and he's taking this young man to the top of a mountain. Oh. On the way to the top of the mountain, the kid was hopping around excited because he, he sock had done told him he's going to show him something. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets to the top of the mountain, and he was like, well, what is it? Well, what, what's up? What do you, you bring me up here for? We climb this whole thing. And Socrates looks down, he grabs a rock and picks it up. And he said, well, if you're looking for something, here's a rock. And he, yeah, the kid gets all mad. He's like, he's like, man, we we came all the way up this mountain. You got me all excited about coming up here, and then we get up here and you show me a view and a rock. And Socrates was like, well, if that's if that's uh, not good enough for you, I'm sorry. And he goes to walk away, and then the boy realizes 
happiness comes from the journey, not the destination. You have to find joy in the moment. When you're mm-hmm. deep within the darkness, you have to come to understand that without that darkness, your light would hold no value. Without Absolutely. your pain, your life would hold no value. And, and, and that's, when, that's whenever I, I, I ended up getting what little stuff that I had to my name, mm-hmm. and I got out of there. <laughs> that, I mean, it's really, literally transformational uh, in how you're helping so many people, and I can understand that. Because coming from the life-threatening panic attacks you had, being in the hospital, having people chase you, Adults you in gasoline and chase you through the woods. One of the questions I have, Tucker, too, is, you know, how did you get through this without bitterness and hatred? Because most people would not want to do anything but maybe absolve themselves in liquor, drugs, and to escape the pain and the bitterness. How did you come out of that? Well, you know, that's, that's a question I, I can't. I can't say that I've completely overcome. You know, I, I'm, I, I live within joy today because uh-huh. I, ha- I understand the mind enough to know that, that when you're angry, you release cortisol in the blood. That shuts off your immune system. When you're angry, you are literally dying. So when you allow someone else to, to push you to a point to where, you are living within rage and, and, and anger. You're allowing them to steal your life from you, literally. And you're, you're, you live, you're going to die quicker from being angry than you will being happy. So it's, it's, it, it ain't easy. It really it's, ain't. It's truly, I mean, it's I, truly I feel, a decision, isn't it? It's a choice. You can choose to be angry. You can choose to be happy. It's a choice. You can. It is a choice. People say it's a psychological thing, and I mean a psychological uh, disorder or something, and it's mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. not. There, I know there are things that cause you to fluster up, uh, it, it, but but at the end of the day, anger is anger derives from emotion, and uh, because it is one, but it derives from how directly uh, how you react to a specific situation. So at the end of the day, being that it, it, it th- being that anger thrives off of choice, off of off of off of how you react to something, that means mm-hmm. that you can alter the way you react and in turn remove the anger. You know, I still have nights where I wake up in tears because I'm scared or I'm angry. I, I have dreams of going to war, and I've never been on the on the battlefield and mm-hmm. these these things derive directly from the things that happened back then in my sleep mm-hmm. I, 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 for a while there i took drugs that made me not remember my dreams mm-hmm. so i i could so i could sleep at night so the so the full answer to it is i haven't completely overcome that i, I don't want to be angry and i don't i don't hold grudges against the people that did what they did but they uh-huh. did what they did to me because they were suffering in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And understanding That's that right. is the right. key mm-hmm. to, to forgiveness, I believe. Well, I believe that you have and want to commend you for, you know, the 
where you've gotten to today and how you, because really, you know, a lot of people experience a lot of pain, a lot of pain from others, a lot, and it can be family members. I mean, things that happen to us. And I believe that everything that happens to us, people may not like this, but there's a reason. And then out of that, there's a choice to be made. And that's why I ask how you got through. And like I always say, I'm still overcoming. We're all still overcoming every day. Every day is a challenge. Yep. So I don't think anybody can just mm-hmm. say, well, I got it made. And I, you know, because every day is a choice to, to be joyful. Yes, and, and, I, and to add on to that, uh, I ain't trying to interrupt you, just to add no, on to that, you fine. know, meditation is meditation's mm-hmm. big. Uh, people, a lot of people think meditation is a joke. And it's really not. And, and, and but but one thing I want to tell folks that are listening right now, if if you have thought about meditating, and then when you go to sit down, cross your legs, and everything, you notice you can't seem to clear your mind. Well, I want you to understand that the that style that is a style of meditation, clearing your mind and and imagining the ball floating in the white void, and only doing that and pushing away all thoughts. This takes time. It takes practice. And that's why a lot of people don't meditate is because they, they, they try to clear their mind and they realize that their mind's constantly churning. It's constantly so, going, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so that, that's a, yeah, it's, it just keeps going. But I want y'all to understand that, that if this is something you're trying to overcome, meditation will help. And don't think that you have to be a Zen master as soon as your butt hits the floor because I'm uh, hurt, sorry to hurt your feelings. It don't work that way. <laughs> Well, you know, I know that you had to struggle uh, and go through some things of being able to speak in public. And how did you overcome uh, battling your fear of speaking to people using pizza and a bicycle? (laughs) (laughs) I get tickled about that when I think about that. So share how you use that. To all right. Well, it wasn't just speaking. pizza and a bicycle. You got to throw in the bungee cord because that was really important. <laughs> there was a there was a bungee cord too. So what? So the way this happened was I I, I in in just trying trying to find work. I ended up coming across uh, a, the racetrack where they where thoroughbred racehorses run year round, whether in different places in the country. And I'd always wanted to travel, so uh, I, I ended up getting a job. I went from barn to barn to barn, asking folks, "Hey, will you, uh, will you hire me to or whatever?" And they're like, "They're like, well, you ever work with horses?" And I'm like, "I say no," and they're like, "Oh, oh no way, because you know." You, it ain't if you get hurt with horses is when uh, it's gonna happen. So they were scared. And anyway, I ended up getting a job, and I I was I was started traveling. So I got to go to different states. But what I noticed was you work seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year. You don't get a single day off. I didn't get a day off for three years straight. I worked seven days a week, and I hear folks complaining about having to work on Saturday. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I had to find a way to entertain myself. So I, I I went back to my room each day, which was a ten by ten concrete room uh, it, that had, where you had to battle bed bugs all the time because uh, people from oh. different countries bringing them in. So I did what I'm sure some of your viewers have done and found out it is impossible, and that is find free movies on YouTube. I was trying to find a way, just something to entertain me, to get rid of the 
the loneliness and everything. Mm-hmm. And I came across this video called Ted, uh, called, uh, uh, a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. And, it changed, and I, had ne- I had never seen motivational speaking before. I had mm-hmm. no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. So it ended up, ended up what, what happened was I, I saw that video and I, lit, I felt a fire light in my soul. I was like, man, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I was put here for. But then as soon as that fire lit, that little <laughs> voice that we all got in the back of our head, it stepped in and it said, who do you think you are? Who, who, what makes you think you can speak in front of a thousand, a hundred, or even ten <laughs> people? You can't even go to Walmart and buy your own clothes. Who do you think you are? And I, I sat down and I gave in to that voice. And I was like, man, that's so true. But then I saw Ted, I started watching more TED Talks and I came across one that was, that was Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Now, I know Simon Sinek did not create the Start With Why movement, but he was the one that did the video and he did a pretty darn good job. So mm-hmm. I'll give him credit where credit's due. Right. And it, it led me, it led me to a, a quote by Zig Ziglar. And I didn't know who Zig Ziglar was at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it said, he said, you can have anything in this world that you want if you only help enough other people get what they want. So I started thinking about it. I was like, man, I've been looking at this the wrong way. What am I doing to improve the lives of others? Why do I deserve a spot on that stage? Why do I deserve the ability mm-hmm. to get up there and deliver a message that could change lives? Why? And then it came to me in an instance. Pizza. Pizza was the answer to all my problems. So uh, I was making $179 a week. Uh, I, and I had a bicycle, a bungee cord. And I, and I, was, I was at Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. And if you've ever been there, you know that the homeless population is huge. I've been there. So I ended up... Yeah, there's a lot of homeless folk there. So I ended up, I went to Little Caesars. I took $50 out of that 179 every week. I went to Little Caesars, and I got six $5 hot and ready pizzas a day. Uh, I, I strapped them to my bicycle, and, and just so you know, six is the maximum amount of pizzas you can put on a bicycle. <laughs> I know this from experience. <laughs> don't try to go any higher. It don't work. But <laughs> uh, anyway... I learned the hard way with that. But anyway, I started riding my bike around town, and I'd find homeless folk, and I'd, I'd go to them, and I'd give them a pizza. I'd sit down beside them. I'd say, tell me your story, brother. Share some wisdom with me. And they, while they were sharing their story with me, what I came to understand after doing this for almost eight months straight, uh, every single day, I, I found that anxiety was in the mind. It was never in the diagnosis. It was never a stain that was put onto my skin. It was never a scar meant to be worn. Uh, it, it, was, it was something that you create out of fear. And because anxiety is a feeling of anxiousness about, a, uh, about an event that may not even be possible, an event that may not even happen. So you're worrying about something that hasn't come yet. And, and, I, and I really started studying anxiety. Uh, and I realized that if I, took the, if I took the attention off of myself and put it onto someone else and I gave them their, an opportunity to tell me their story, then 
I did not feel that internal judgment that my that my imagination created when around mm-hmm. other people, which led to anxiety and uh, pushing on to um, panic attacks and inevitably the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started practicing. I started practicing listening. And one of the most important things I learned mm-hmm. from there's two huge lessons I learned from all those people I spoke to. One was that every person is a book worth reading if you're only willing to look past that dirty, tattered cover. Pick a page. Pick a chapter. There's some kind of value in there. And secondly, no man or woman has ever listened their way out of a relationship or a job. So I began to listen instead of speak. I wanted to be the last one to speak in every conversation. I introduce myself, I give them a pizza, I say, tell me your story. And I Mm -hmm. sit down, I shut up, and I listen. And more importantly than just listening, I didn't come back every time they said something and try to one-up them. Or Mm -hmm. say, well, you know, that's just like... You're you're appreciative to a lot of folks today. Let me tell you, Tucker. And I hate to stop you there, (laughs) but I love it. Every person is a book worth reading. And no man ever listen their way out of a job. So I want you listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be right back with Mr. Tucker Bearden and more Wisdom Pearls. Thank you. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to the studio today on my show, Transformation for Success, with my guest, Mr. Tucker Bearden. We are having quite a time today, and I hope your listeners are really benefiting and maybe taking notes from some of the things that he's saying, because they are so profound. I call them pearls of wisdom that he has been dropping today. They are like bullets that are going out to all of us. So, Tucker, you have learned uh, some key things about listening. And what you said, every person is a book worth reading. When I went on break, I said that. And no man or woman has ever lost their way out of a job through listening. So your <clears throat> listening became so intense that how did you then translate that from listening to speaking? 
I, well, I was telling you, I did just the opposite from speaking to listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, hey, well, I, I really what happened. I mean, I, I, I the whole thing that started the journey was seeing that TED talk, and my dream till this day is to speak on the TED stage. I plan on doing at least one TEDx talk here in 2019, uh, but I. I, I I wanted to speak on stage from the beginning, and I guess what what really made that transition was after I after I stopped giving the pizzas out to the homeless folk and 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 actually and listening to their story. What I started doing was testing my limits. I, I would go to the mall or Walmart places that got a lot of people, and I, what I started out doing was I'd I'd walk I'd walk past random people and give them compliments. So I didn't get in conversation with them i just said something nice and in turn i practiced speaking to people i would just come by and i say i say ma'am that's a beautiful necklace you got there or if, uh, some guy walked by and i'd be like man brother them some nice boots uh just whatever whatever mm-hmm. I, I had to do to, to make people feel good and and i i so eventually i actually i got to a point where i would talk to i get in conversation with people and then I realized that that knot in my stomach got, that I would get when around people got smaller and smaller and smaller, and it got uh-huh. to the point to where the only time that it comes is after engaging with people for about 30 minutes to an hour. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, when I speak on stage, many people that have seen me speak on stage, they notice that I walk out of the room and and I have to be to myself for a few minutes. I have to calm down because I noticed that, that, that when fire. I met you. Mm-hmm. You had yeah, that, that, that fire. Like, right. Mm-hmm. You had just come off the stage, and when I met you and came up to you, and you started shaking, the anxiety. Yeah. yeah. But on stage, you were perfect. Absolutely perfect. Because. <laughs> because I'm working with, I'm, when I'm on stage, I'm living within my purpose. I'm doing what I am comfortable doing. On that stage, I know that I have information capable of improving lives, just like each and every person listening to this does. And I came to understand that if you have information capable of improving lives, it is no more than selfishness to withhold that from the world. On stage, when I'm up there, I'm not speaking to one person. I'm not, I'm not in conversation with one person. I don't have to understand the social cues of where your eyes are going. I don't have to look at how your face, I don't have to try and read your body language. I don't need a little chart with a smiley face, a mad face, a sad face, and a stressed (laughs) face and have to put it up to your head and go, okay, which one are they right now? (laughs) I, I, I am speaking to the energy of the crowd. And I know that sounds strange, but I no, can feel it. It doesn't when, Whenever, when you get up there and you can, you, you see everybody when you it. first walk on stage, like they hear me, I say, howdy, my name's Tucker Bearden. They, they first of all, they first off think, oh man, look at this redneck country bunking coming up here. Think he's going to tell us something. And then within a few minutes, they're on the edge of their seat and you can see that spark in their eyes where mm-hmm. you realize that you shared something with these folks that is going to change their life forever. That's going to allow them to create generational change. And then when you step off stage, 
and and you do get to conversate with people though i'm not i'm still working on that part i'm still having like once i get off stage uh folks normally swarm around me and it, it, just because they want to talk to me and i'm still working through that and figuring out how to go from step to step to step to step in conversation and not have to dart out of the room so i ain't perfect uh, by any means, but that's how I made the transition. It's just literally going to Walmart and talking to random people, and then one day out of the blue, literally talk about the law of attraction and writing down your goals. Because that's uh-huh. something I started doing was writing my goals down every day. Uh-huh. I got a phone call, and these folks wanted me to come speak, give a keynote speech on Millionaire's Row at Churchill Downs in Kentucky. Now I didn't tell anybody I wanted to be a public speaker. I didn't, I didn't put the word out. Nobody knew what I was doing when the lights were off. And these people called me. I ended up coming up there, and I gave a speech, and we were trying to earn $10,000, and I think we ended up earning like $80,000. Uh, wow! While I was while I was up there talking, I was like, "Dang, man, I might actually be pretty good at this." <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, Mister Tucker. But you know what? Hey. I just had a, a little bit of an idea, and I, I'll share it on air. I don't know. Maybe somebody else may give you the idea. But I was thinking, you know, when you travel, and if you have somebody. Um, working with you or traveling with you, maybe, uh, like I noticed, uh, I think Joshua was with you. I can't remember. Joshua Jaglin, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. to have them uh, give you a moment, like maybe you get a little water or people just kind of hold off the crowd while your, your people kind of be around you to give you a little water, a little time as you step off the stage and pull yourself together that way. Nobody yes, noticed that. that is that's something that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. That was my idea. Well, that's actually that's something that I haven't integrated purposely, but naturally I I, I before I, I when I spoke on stage for the first time, I, I I basically became family with everybody that was there. And somehow as fate has it Almost every time I speak on stage, the people that were there for my first talk, and they got to see this firsthand, uh, they they naturally, like, they'll see me, because they, they know that I get off stage, and I want to be respectful to the other speakers, so, so I don't want to walk out of the room at first. And a lot of times, I'll try really hard, like at Cervex, with Manny Lopez, Manny Lopez's Cervex event, I was sitting over there, I'd gotten off stage, and I was trying to hold it together, and I ended up, that, that dang anxiety came back, and it welled up in me, I'm shaking like a leaf, and Joshua T. Berglund, who, that's yep. who you're talking about. Yeah, he's like a brother to me. He's like a brother to me, and I told him, I'm like, I'm like, man, I, I don't want to disrespect the speakers. I want to, I want to, I want to fight through this. And he could see it. He, he knows, he knows me really well, and and he could see that it mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be safe for me if I mm-hmm. if I were to try and fight through that. That this at some point you got to know. That it, giving up and and rerouting is not weakness; it's strategic uh, replacement. So <laughs> he 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 forced me out, and he we went out in the hallway, and he's done this multiple times at multiple events. We go out in the hallway, and we talk for a little while, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. just helps helps me calm down. And then I come back into the event. 
Now, uh, sometimes <laughs> I got folks that, that I love them to death and they, they want nothing but to help me, but I'll be sitting there trying to fight through it and I'm like, dang it, I'm going to win this round and they're dragging me out of the room. They're like, no, man, let's come out. Just talk to me for a minute. And I'm like, no, I want to, I want to do it. I want to fight. I want to win this. I want to do this. I want to do it right. And, and they sit there and they drag, they quite literally drag me out into the hall and they're like, look, we're going to have, we're going to take a few minutes away from everybody. So that's something that my friends that I know, they, they do it naturally, but I don't bring anybody or plan it ahead of time. I actually try to hide, uh, so people don't see it, but the well, people Tucker, that know me, they I'm can smell it. That when you speak, since I saw you in person. Uh, I mean, it is really an incredible. And so people are going to want to sort of, you know, jump on you as soon as you step off that stage. But it is remarkable uh, that I've had you today on the show to share with people about how you endured homelessness and you addiction and several suicide attempts and how you literally mm-hmm. were doused with gasoline and chased through the woods with lit Roman candles. It's an unbelievable story. But more importantly, how you state your challenges became your strengths and gave you a story or has given you a story of improving lives. And what, in your words, you have said there's no greater purpose in this world than service to others. So I am aware that God had a purpose for you growing up in the sticks in Arkansas, but to have you today on stage and off stage improving the lives of people with your story. And listeners, I know you've benefited today because he has given some pearls of wisdom, I call it, that I hope many of you will take heed to what he has said and learned about looking listening, (laughs) and remembering no man has ever lost, or woman lost their way, or listened their way out of a job. So, so Tucker, I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes. What would you say in your last few words to people out there as to what gives you joy? And what would you say to the listeners who might be suffering themselves from some ailment, may not be the depth of Asperger's, but it is something that we all grapple with within. So I'm going to give you a few minutes. You know. All right. Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate you having me on here. It's been truly a blessing. Um, you know, I, I have to say what I leave people with is what brings me the most joy in this world uh, is, is 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 seeing someone's eyes light up. You know, when they when they don't, they, they they're lost. You know, they don't know what direction to go in. And you you come along and even if even if you're struggling in the moment, even if you're having issues, you you share that with them and then suddenly you see the spark within them relight. You you see that flame light mm-hmm. back up. And I believe that, I believe that's the most valuable thing in this world, you know. I tell people that there is no greater purpose than service to others, and that's actually another thing that I found in that book, uh, the the way of the peaceful warrior by Dan Millman. Uh, at one point in the book, Dan uh, looked at the man because the old man he was he was a wise man, but he ran a service station, and uh, Dan was like, "How are you going to tell me how to live when you uh, you work in a gas station?" He said, "It's a service station." He said, "What's the difference?" He said, "He said the the point is service." There is no greater purpose. 
and that was that. So that's, that's where I really came to came to understand that. And I, I feel like, man, if, if you're struggling from it with with anything with 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 your dark with the dark side of your life, you gotta understand. Just like I said earlier, that without your darkness, the light would hold no value. You're going to have pain. You're going to have trials and tribulations within your life. That that's part of the process. But without the dark days, without the storm, you would never you would never find solace in the sunlight. Without without the times when you got the water shut off in your house, you would never know the value of having running water in your home or having a hot meal on your table. So take a moment and live within now understand the time is now you are here and you are this moment like this this there's no such thing as an ordinary moment everything be see the world through the eyes of a blind man who was just gifted sight and in that you will find peace you will find purpose you will find joy see I, i i i'm in awe of the little things i can pick up a leaf and I can stare at that leaf for hours on end, just imagining what makes it up, how many millions of years were put into the creation of this small, seemingly pointless item, something that people give no value to. Give well, value thank you, to Tucker. little things. Thank you so much, Tucker, for uh, we got to go. I hate that, but I want to just thank you for your words today sharing your in-depth challenges that you had and how you overcame diagnosis and certainly that this has not defined who you are. And I just want to wish you so much success as you continue to make a difference in this world. So listeners, I know you've benefited from today's show. I want to wish you more of God's blessings this week. And remember, don't let anybody steal your life. Be blessed. And I'll see you next week. Wishing you a great time. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.